I look back on it and I'm like, of course, like it'd be so much easier and it would have been so much greater to have it just so smooth. But I feel like the swim wouldn't have been the swim that I did if it wasn't choppy. Like that, mm. the messy water and the conditions made, um, it's kind of like made me so much stronger in the head than what it, just swimming flat water would have. Because I had to be, um, had to become very determined in my own head to be like, I am doing this. I don't care what's going to happen in the water. I have to get in this water and do this. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is uh, Holly Berkner, and Holly and I uh, have swum a little bit uh, when I was uh, living in regional Victoria. And the reason I've got Holly on is she just completed a hundred kilometer swim from Portsea to Port Melbourne, uh, which is in the Bay here in Melbourne. She did that across five days. And uh, I was following your journey on, on Facebook, Holly, just uh, glad I wasn't in there, the one doing it, but uh, pretty inspired by what you did. So first of all, welcome and congratulations. Thank you so much for that. What I quite like about your swim is it was, it's very much a choose your own adventure. There was no um set race there was no you know there was nothing apart from you just decided to do it one day what was that moment for you that you decided this was something that you wanted to go for um when we were in the middle of quarantine lockdown last year I was talking to my family and stuff like that and we we're talking about a swim I did when I was like 16 down the river and um I get very I'm a very competitive person and I almost got competitive with my old self and I was like wow like 16 year old Holly was able to do this insane swim. I was like, surely I haven't peaked yet in my swimming. So I was like, no, I have to do another swim. I was saying to dad, I was like, I am too competitive to let my younger self win. So I went to bed that night and I literally laid in my bed and I mapped out a swim in the bay. And I was like, hmm, let's see if I can get an extra 20 Ks what I did when I was younger. So yeah, I was sitting in bed and I mapped out a plan. I woke up the next morning and I went to mom and dad and I was like, this is what I want to do. hundred Ks in the bay. They kind of looked at me and were like, oh, <laughs> like maybe we should, you know, give you a couple of days to really think about if you want to do this. And um, I stuck it on the fridge and I was like, no, this is what's going to happen <laughs> next year. We're doing it. <laughs> That's so good. And the, the swim that you did before, so it was, that, was it down the Murray? Yeah. I? So it was from the Chuka Moama Bridge to Trumbury Weir. So it was 80 Ks. I pretty much followed like the Southern 80 course, the ski race. So we watched that for years and I was so used to that race that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to swim the 80 Ks. <laughs> and the, across how many days was that? Cause I remember uh, when we were chatting you, the first day you went hard, you did a, you yeah. did a big swim that, that yeah, first yeah. day and paid for it. So we did that. it. Original plan was four days. And then I was like, no, I can do this in three days. Like we won't do four days. Um, so the first day was about 32 Ks or something like that. So we went, or maybe it was even a bit longer so we went way longer than I probably should have and I just smashed myself that first day and I really paid for it the second day especially because I also um we were camping along the side of the river and my mat my sleeping mat went down so I was sleeping on the hard ground that night and I was sunburned in my face because I forgot to sunscreen and my arms were sore I'd hop back in the water the next day and I was like oh this is gonna this is gonna be so bad it's gonna hurt so much <laughs> But and how yeah. far did you do that second day? Uh, I think it was about 25 or so because we made it the last day was going to be the shortest. So I don't think we planned too well. We're like, oh, we'll go really long first day, medium second day, short third day. And the second day, 
I think was the hardest because I knew that I had to get in the water the next day after that. And I was like, far out, like, how are you going to do this? <laughs> this is going to hurt. What's your, uh, did you take that idea to your mum and dad when you were 16? You said, I want to swim down. Yeah, I think I was actually like 14 and a half, 15. And I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And um, yeah, of course they looked at me and they're like, sure thing. Like you're going to swim 80 Ks down the river. You're like 15 years old. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. Like there's no stopping me. Um, and then, yeah, I, we, I was meant to do it when I was 15, but there was floods and everything that hit the river. So we had to push it back later and I was like dad I was like oh no like I'm gonna be 16 now when I do it it's not as cool like I want to be 15 <laughs> but um I still got it done and I was maybe I was happy that I was 16 because yeah that hurt <laughs> yeah well look I think of um I mean your parents um I imagine be really proud of that especially at that age doing something like that and um and then doing having done the swim uh, a couple of weeks ago the 100k swim so they it wasn't just you going out there and swimming by yourself for 20k a day it was a quite a bit of a team effort um do you want to talk a bit about what what was involved with i guess the, the safety and the feeding and um and the support that you had around you to help you yeah. complete the swim successfully yeah i had a huge support team so i had my mom and dad so my dad was kind of like my nutrition man my let's get in the water now we're starting at sick very like um, logistics kind of based he was like we're doing this amount of k's these days you need to hop in at this time hop out at this time you'll feed then my mom was very more um, supportive in like she would, she's a masseuse. So she's done sport massage and everything like that. So she would rub down my shoulders each night, my back, um, get me, she does also Pilates. So she got me through Pilates movements to help stretch each night, um, each night. Um, and she also had a role in nutrition because she knows a lot about the amount of energy, like calories that I need, different things like that. Um, and then I had my two brothers and they were pretty much, their support was just, making me laugh like they would they would just say different things to me or like throw food at me in the water or just do something like that that would just be like like shake my head and laugh with them especially um my brother just younger me two years younger he swam a lot with me he did 10ks on the first day with me and he hadn't swum for weeks beforehand but he's like oh I'll do 10ks with you the first day so um, yeah on the second day he hopped in did 10ks with me and then um We'll sing songs together when we popped our head up to eat and he had spoonfuls of coconut um, oil because he thought it was tasting delicious. So just little things like that made me laugh. And then I also had my partner come along with me. He was like my emotional support, kind of like when I was breaking down, he was like, no, no, you can do this. Like, let's keep going. And I was like, oh, like, no, get me out of the water. This is a stupid idea. Like, why did I decide to do this? He was like, no, no, you can, you'll be fine. Get back in again. So like, and then... I also had um, Matt Alice who came along as well. And he was like, we wouldn't have been able to do it without him because he bought his jet ski and everything like that. And he was a swimmer with me and just another person that would make me laugh along the way. So as long as I had good company, good people to make me laugh, then it was going to be fine. So yeah, it was really a great group of support. <laughs> yeah, no. And the, the window that you chose um, was a, an interesting one because you just, it's kind of got a bit unlucky with the, the weather. And I remember um, when you said, oh, I'm going to be starting on the, um, what was it? The yeah, the Wednesday. Um, and I looked at the the winds and and the, the weather and I saw it and went, wow, that's going to be interesting with these strong, yeah. really strong westerly winds and you're swimming sort of across it. Um, and it's just basically like onshore slop in the bay. 
where it's uh, it makes for very hard a very hard slog. Um, now, so you planned for five days, and uh, the, the fifth day was well on the coast. It was the biggest swell they'd had on a, in a decade. Um, now you're in the bay, so it's kind of protected from that, but it didn't mean that we're protected from the the wind and the rain and everything else. So you had to um, rest on day five and then finish on day six. So um, how how did the weather sort of eventuate for you across the week? And then um, what did it mean for your initial support boat and uh, and a few other yeah. things along the way? Well, day one started off great. It was we started at six a.m. in the morning, so it's still a little bit dark. It was so flat. Um, I could see the bottom. It was beautiful, clear water down near like Port Sorrento area. It's always beautiful. Um, and I was able to smash out 12Ks in about three hours, just under three hours. So I was flying. And then I finished day one and I was like, okay, like that was all right. The, the conditions were good. I was like, everything else will be fine. Um, then day two was the same. It was sunny. It was warm. We were swimming along comfortably. There was not much of a chop, like a little bit of one, but not too bad. And we got to the Mornington Pier where I was meant to finish on day two. And mum and dad were like, oh, maybe you should like swim a bit extra today. And I was like, why? Like, I'm, I'm here now. Like, I might as well just get out. They're like, oh, like the weather's not too good tomorrow. Maybe you should swim just like a little bit further. And I was like, oh. I was like, all right, I'll swim up to the other end of the beach and then I'll hop out from there. Because when I see my finish point, my mind like switches off and it's like, out time. Like, you're finished. Good job for the day. But I was like, okay, I'll get to the other side. And um, yeah, then after day two, that's when everything started to go a bit downhill. Um, so we had a boat um, that was following me and cause I was about a K or so off the beach. Um, so the boat is where I would have my lunch at, after three hours um, and then I'd hop back in the water again. So after, at the end of day two, we were um, getting ready to go in and we're like, oh, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Like we're going to start here. And they're like, oh no, nah, like we're not going to turn up tomorrow. We're like, oh, what? And they're like, nah, it's too windy. Like when does, when do you want to start up again? And I was like, oh no, I'm swimming tomorrow. He was like, he was like, oh, well, we, we won't, we won't be coming with you. So when that got told to us, mom and dad were like, like, oh my God, like, what do we do? Cause they didn't really want to tell me. They were just like, we'll plan this without Holly. Did you have the jet ski at the time? Yeah, so we had the jet ski for the first few days. And that was the one that was the vessel pretty much that was like next to me the whole time, whereas the boat was a bit further in front. Um, And the jet ski would hand me my food on my hourly breaks. So, yeah, we were like, oh, like, what are we going to do? We have like X amount of people that are supporting me and I've got to come in or like get on land or a boat or something like that for my three-hour break to have food. Um, So we're like, okay, like, We'll swim a little bit closer to shore. We'll have a jet ski next to me and then we'll have land people. We're like, okay, we can do that. We'll figure this out. Um, and we were, I remember we were laying in the hotel room where we were staying each night and mum was massaging my arms and we had the news on and the weather came up for the next day and it was atrocious. And I was like, I was like, someone needs to turn that off. Like, I can't see that. I need to just, I need to be in my own head. I was like, I can't, I don't want to see the weather. I just want to know that I have to swim. That's all I have to do. I have to get from Mornington Pier, which is where I was going to start the next day, to Bond Beach, which was about 20 Ks. And um, yeah, so we woke up the next morning and we went down to the beach and I was standing there looking out and the water was so choppy. You could almost, um, yeah, you could almost body surf in that water. I was like, oh no, but my brother was great. He was like, we'll hop in together. And the good thing was it was a southwesterly. So there was like a little bit of a push 
towards the way I was heading. Um, so um, when I, before I hopped in, I, my family is very supportive and stuff like that, but I think they'll be very realistic looking at the conditions, looking at how far I have to swim and being like, oh, I don't know if you're going to make it. Like, we'll just try to get to Frankston, which was um, about going to be about the halfway point of that day, and then see if you can get to Bomb Beach. And they were like, oh, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. It's going to be very choppy. We might have to pull you out. And I think because I got all those things coming into my head, people like a boat person pulling out saying it's too windy, um, different people in the support crew going, oh, it's a bit too windy. We're not sure if we can do it. I think in my head, I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to prove you all wrong. I'm going to swim to Bond Beach. That's where I have to get to. I don't care what anyone else says to me. I'm going to get to my finish point. I don't care how long it takes me. It can take me to 6 p.m., but I'm going to make it to Bomb Beach that day. And um, it ended up being my quickest day. I, I got out of the water around 1 o'clock because I think in my head I was just like, no, you can do this. Like, doesn't matter what's going to happen. You're going to swim there. And I got to Frankston. Dad was like, oh, okay. He's like, we can definitely get to Bomb Beach. We're not too far now. And I was like, yep, see, told you I was going to get there. Like, what a breeze. <laughs> I think I know how to motivate you. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, how you can't do it. Yeah, if I get told that I can't do something, it's always been motivated to make me do it. Um, literally, since I was like nine years old, and dad's like, no, you can't beat me in the pool. I'll be like, I can beat you now. Like, <laughs> you just watch me. Um, so yeah, that's definitely always been a bit of a pusher when people kind of doubt me. I'm like, well, I'm going to show you that I can do it. Like, doesn't matter what's going to happen. Like, yeah, it's always going to make me get there no matter what. <clears throat> so yeah, we finished day three. And I was like, oh, what a breeze. Like tomorrow's day four. And then the last day doesn't even count. In my head, I was thinking that. I was like, day four is the last hard day because day five, I can see the spirit of Tasmania where Port Melbourne is. I'm going to be able to get there easy peasy. Um, yeah, day four was, uh, I feel like the ocean gods were really testing me and decided to put me through hell. I, um, I woke up and we went down to Bomb Beach and the winds had changed to like a northwesterly. So I was getting smacked in the face. And um, the worst thing was, is my nutrition was really bad. I, every time I got out of the ocean, I just felt sick, like all through the night. I just couldn't eat anything, which was really bad. Um, I was in a massive calorie deficit, could not get any food down me, just didn't really feel like anything. Dad was like force feeding me peanut butter toast each morning. I was like, no, like I'll have a slice. Like I don't want to eat anything. Um, so when I hopped in on day four after previously swimming three days not having heaps of food being tired um it was rainy that day really windy I think we had gusts of up to like 60 70k an hour gusts so it was white caps everywhere and every time I would turn to the side I'd just get a mouthful of um ocean water and I the day before it took me an hour to swim about four k's this day it took me an hour to swim just two k's because I was getting pushed oh. back every time I would get a bit further, I would get pushed back again. And I was looking at the shoreline and I popped my head up to my mum and dad on the jet ski. And I was like, am I moving anywhere? I was like, I don't think I've left Bomb Beach. I was like, I'm just getting pushed back. Every time I see a building, it takes me like 30 minutes to get past that one building. And I think because of that, it was getting really disheartening. And I was just like, I was swimming by myself. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, so I got 5K done. And I popped my head up and my, my lips were blue. I was freezing cold. I couldn't heat myself up anymore. Um, and mum and dad were like, oh God, like we're going to have to take you in. You, there's no way you can keep going like this. 
So we went into the beach and we found some random life-saving club thing and they sat me in it, grabbed a space blanket, wrapped me up in it. I couldn't like really undress myself properly because I was so cold. I had hypothermia. Um, and then I was sitting in that life-saving club because it was just completely empty. No one wants to be at the beach that day. And I was just like having a full breakdown. I was like, I don't want to get back in the water. I don't want to put my wetsuit on again. Like, and I think it was more emotional because my, like I knew in my head, in the back of my mind, I had to get in the water. Like mom and dad were like, do we want to go mm. home? And I was like, no, 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 just give me five minutes. I need to like break down then build myself back up again and then get in the water. <laughs> yeah. So They had to warm me up. They tried to get some food into me, went to a cafe, stuff like that. And then I was sitting in the corner of the cafe and everyone was talking. And in my head, all I could think was, oh, wow, you have to get back in this water and swim another 15 Ks. Like this is going to take you oh, forever. Yeah. And it was, it was just like in my head, I was like, oh my God, like, how do you think you're going to be able to do this? Um, it's Northwesterly. There's white caps everywhere. Anyway. And then I came up with the idea. I was like, dad, why don't we drive to my finish point for the day and I'll swim back to my start point. And then at least the waves will be behind me. So I was like, is that cheating? He was like, no, you're still doing the Ks. He's like, <laughs> yeah. this, he's like the water's atrocious. It's like you've already swum 10 Ks because you've just been pushed back every time you're um, swimming. So we drove up to Sandingham and we hopped in the water and we started swimming. And my brother, this is, this is how choppy it was. My brother was on the back of the jet ski being my nutrition person, my fuel person, handing me the food. And um, I climbed on for one of my fuel breaks and my dad started handing me the stuff. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And he's like, your brother's been seasick for the last 30 minutes. He's over the <laughs> side of the jet ski throwing up. And I was like, I just, it was, it almost made me laugh so much because someone else was in pain. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I've still got two hours to go for something. I was like, you're going to have to sit on the back of this jet ski for two hours feeling seasick. Oh, no. So he was on the back. My dad was trying to watch me, watch the waves so the jet ski didn't roll, make sure my brother didn't fall off the back when he was leaning over the side vomiting. And it was just an absolute mess out there. I don't know. I don't, when I think back to it, I'm like, I don't know how we survived that. Like we should have been headed towards Tasmania or something that's pushed away. Like it was, it was so messy. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I saw the, uh, the video of you maybe getting out that day uh, at the end of it, like you might have post, your mum might've posted that yeah. on Facebook and it was like, it, it is the, some of the worst conditions I've ever seen down in the Bay. Um, it was, it was horrendous. And, Actually, it was that day or the next day, so the next day when you um, had to postpone, that there was people surfing at St Kilda. I saw yeah. footage of people surfing at St Kilda, <laughs> uh, which, which is normally pretty flat. You know, there's nothing. Um, but, yeah, the wind was just that bad. And so the, the next day you woke up um, oh, and I was what, what happened in, then? I was so angry. We were staying in Brighton and mum and dad woke up to go put the cars in, like, the different, like, the start point, the finish point, so we could get everywhere and um they went up to my start point for the day and they came back to the hotel room woke me up and they're like look you're gonna have to postpone the swim and I was fuming I was like excuse me I was like this is my last day I was like I don't care what the conditions are I was like put me in the water mom and dad looking at me like no way like we we can't actually do it it's gonna like the jet ski is gonna roll or you're gonna get <laughs> like just pushed away and I was like no I was like put me in the water and then as I was saying it dad got like a weather warning on his phone for lightning in the bay and I was like oh, 
and he's like we cannot hop in the water when there's lightning I was like I know but I just I was like surely I can swim like late in the day they're like no I'm sorry but you're gonna have to wait for tomorrow and that was like so like oh I felt so angry and just frustrated because I was like I've just been looking forward to this last day like it was going to be the end of it I was going to finish and um yeah he was like no nah, sorry we have to stop now it's like oh damn <laughs> so what did you do to kill time and by yourself we ended up coming home and that was probably actually a blessing because I got food into me that day I was because I wasn't getting into the water I wasn't exerting myself I wasn't tired um we came home and I ate a lot of fruit for the next day because I didn't realize that because it was raining all that day the water in the temp in the bay had dropped like maybe two or three degrees um because I hopped back in the next day um down Sandringham and it was so icy like the water around my head I was like thank goodness I have food in me like I have no idea yeah. how I've gotten through this if I didn't have anything um yeah in me I'm pretty sure the water quality was quite bad I came out of the water with like brown around my face and that like, oh, mom and dad were like oh like maybe we shouldn't check to see what the water quality is we'll just hope that your immune system kills this yeah it's probably a good thing the um I can't remember who does it it's not the EPA but they they do a um, water quality report up until the end of like maybe March or the end of like Feb or something. So I don't know if they're still doing it then. Yeah, I have no idea, but we it. didn't check anyway, just in case it was like really bad. And then mom and dad were like, maybe we shouldn't put you in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just don't look at it. That's what yeah. I've done. If if we've ever had a swim, like I just never factor in the uh, the water yeah. quality. That was like if there's been rain, it's going to be gross. <laughs> yeah, I was like to dad, I was like this week, I don't really want to know the wind. I don't want to know the rain. I don't want to know the water quality. I just want to get from point A to point B every day. And that's all I need to do. And what was, um, what was uh, different about the swim than what you expected going in? Um, I think I didn't realize how, um, how much internal motivation I had to have. Cause I was like, Oh, like I'll pop my head up every hour and talk to someone. And every three hours I get in the boat and I'll talk to someone. I was like, this is going to be like a breeze. I'll be fine but I didn't realize that my head was going to be down in water for six to seven hours a day. And I had my own thoughts to deal with for that whole time. Like, even though I had company swimming, you can't talk to each other. Not like when you go for a ride or mm. run with someone, you're with your own thoughts, no matter what, and you have to like deal with everything that comes into your head. And sometimes it was really deep thoughts. And then sometimes it was literally just like one, two, three, one, two, three. And it was just like <laughs> counting in my head. Cause I was like, what else am I going to do? Um, but then sometimes I was like, I think my, my brother showed me this open water swimmer that did like a hundred Ks in 12 hours or something like that with a really good tide. And I was like, and when I was swimming along and it was, I think it was like day four or something. I was like, I was like, I'm, I, I'm not one of these open water swimmers. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you're just fooling yourself. There's no way you can actually do this. And then as soon as I thought started to pop in my head, that's when I started to get cold. It's like when I started to hurt, my arms hurt more. And I was like, okay, you really need to block these thoughts out. And you just have to become more like, yeah, this is, this is easy. Like, oh, what's, what's just swimming? You're just swinging your arms over for seven hours. Like you can do that. What a, what a breeze. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it became very like one thought or the other. When I was really tired, I could only count or I could only play a game in my head. Um, so yeah, it was even my own thoughts. I would, on my, when I used to go to school, I would catch the bus every morning and I had 
a bus route that had 16 stops on it and I would try to remember each stop that we went to and then I would also try and list each person that hopped on at the different stops and because I went from year five to year 12 to that school so many people changed so I was swimming along and I was like okay yeah this, this person hops on here and then that person hops on there and it really it made three k's go so quick and I was like oh like <laughs> break time like that's awesome whereas other times I was like how has five minutes gone by like that took forever just to get 1k done yeah, so, yeah. that uh, that's one of the hardest things i find about um about long distance swimming and like i've um done a whole lot of it but whenever <laughs> it, i've had those big sessions we might be you know eight ten um or like uh 15k like open water swim. it's like yeah it's just being in your own head um yeah. is, is it's a long time to spend there and um and just to <laughs> occupy, occupy your mind for that for that long can be um difficult i found it it was okay uh when it was good conditions and i was swimming next to someone and it yeah. was nice and i could appreciate the view and the, and, and the warm weather and all of that but you, had, you didn't have any of that apart from the first day yeah. um so it's just when it's just a grind that is that's really hard to um to put up with so um what did you with your with your thoughts like um what did you tell yourself when you were going into um into those deeper thoughts or when you're being negative about what you, you told yourself I'm not one of those distance swimmers that sort of thing yeah I kind of um I started to think kind of more that this was going to be an 80% mental thing and 20% physical because when I hopped in the water my partner was like oh have you done like a 10k of water swim before and I was like no like this is like my first time I'm gonna do 20k it's like whatever and then when I got into my own thoughts I was like wow I was like okay maybe you're not meant to be here and then as soon as I started to think those I was like I was like, no, you're going to do this for a reason. Like you, you're going to swim this for a reason. I was like, every time I take a stroke, like I've, I kind of started to think more that there's like a comfort zone around everyone. And each time I took a stroke to get further into my swim, I was like, my comfort zone is just growing and I'm getting bigger. And like everything I do here is going to make me grow in some way or the other. And yeah, like those dark thoughts, it was insane how when those happened, my swimming slowed down. Um, I found it harder. I got colder. My arms hurt more. I felt rashes on my body more. Whereas then all of a sudden I started to imagine myself. Um, it was kind of like I imagined myself swimming with my past selves. It was very weird. I, I think I got, went a little bit too loopy in my head. Um, I all of a sudden started thinking about nine-year-old Holly when she first started swimming and how I'd swim up and down the pool and I was so keen just to swim anywhere. And I would imagine her swimming next to me and I'd have like a conversation almost with her. And then I would have 16 year old Holly who did the river swim saying that like, Oh, like, come on, you really think that you're as fast as me. And I would always like race myself. It was very weird. <laughs> and then I would have like my 18 year old self who was in year 12, who didn't really swim going, wow, like you've actually done really well to still be swimming now. So I had like, yeah, these past selves of me kind of swimming, which was really weird. But then also the mental thing was kind of funny because I had so many great comments coming through like oh you're amazing like you've done so much like blah 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 um it almost gave me like this emotional side and it made me kind of like care and in a weird way like I felt all of a sudden like emotional I was like oh people really care about me like that's so sweet and then as soon as those caring thoughts came in I um I kind of had to shut them down because then I was like oh like I kind of felt soft in the inside in a weird way I was like to mom and dad I was like is it bad that I don't 
read these comments, I was like, I can't read them because as soon as I read them, I start to care and I start to feel emotional. And then if I feel emotional, I don't want to swim because I just want to be comfortable in a bed in warmth. Um, so I kind of had to become like this animal kind of thing where I don't have human emotions. I just have swimming, eating, sleeping, and that's all I'm going to be doing. So yeah, I really had to like block those bits out and be like, no, you're just, you're here to swim. You're not here to talk to anyone. It's no external motivation, just become very internal to yourself. And um, yeah, whatever thought you have, you're just going to deal with it. You're going to mail on it and then you're going to let it pass. And that's going to have to happen for seven hours a day, every day. Yeah. Oh, thanks for, um, thanks for bringing that up and uh, and being willing to to share because uh, like those, those thoughts, I think are, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people who have done maybe something similar to you have have thought about them and um, but maybe not express them uh, because it's like this is a bit weird. You know, maybe I'm the only one who uh, I've never swum to um, next to past versions of myself, but uh, like I, I know with the um, like with those comments and that sort of thing, it's um, like that can distract from what you're actually doing in a yeah. way, and it's like it's good to get it at the end uh, afterwards but not while you're still going, like it doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't really help because it's, yeah, it just takes you out of the, out of the moment a little bit. Yeah. And I um, said that to mom and dad, I was like, am I a bad person that I don't want to read these that I'm not replying? I was like, I feel like I'm a bad person because everyone's so sweet and all the messages are so kind. And normally if I read them, I'd be like, thank you so much. But in that weird five days, it was like this little blip of my life when just nothing mattered. And like my head was like the only thing that I was in like even conversations I would just kind of blank out of and I was like no I'm like I'm in this complete different world for myself and I was like to my mom and dad, I was like I just can't read them because if as soon as I start reading them I feel like emotional and then I want to be in home in bed in a warm comfy environment and I don't want to get back into that ocean whereas yeah getting into the ocean and swimming for seven hours five days a week is just it's not kind of human like you're not meant to really do that and your mind's not really meant to be doing that so I was like, I have to become non-human kind of experience. Yeah, no, I think it's like, um, like you, you're there, but you're not actually like looking out at the world in a yeah. way. And like, I, I remember being, um, this is at the, um, like, yes, it was start line of, um, of the Ironman and then similar for the Rottnestum as well. It was kind of like you know, beforehand, it's like everyone, people saying, yeah, good luck and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, yep, yeah, thanks. But you're not really taking it in. You're just yeah. like your head's in a different spot. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you need to do it. Otherwise you're, um, you, you get distracted, you get emotional about stuff and yeah. you think too much about the task task ahead. It's like, no, you've just got to get yourself into the zone and just like, yeah, you're looking out there, but you're actually switching off from all of it really. Yeah. And you're like, I can't hear anything and I can't see anything, but like the first thing that I have to do. And I feel like that freaked me out day two I I hopped in the water and I was like oh my god like this is this is so painful like my arms are so sore I was like you're not even halfway today like you tomorrow like today's not even going to be halfway yet you still got so much longer to go and as I was swimming along I was like in a, it's not like it sounds very morbid but everything comes to an end as even though that sounds really sad and depressing things come to an end and no matter what that day was going to come to an end and that swim leg was going to come to an end and I just had to get there one way or another and I feel like now ever since coming back now I think that all the time I'm like this assignment will end or this work shift will end everything's going to end at some point it's just how you're going to get there and how you're going to occupy yourself for that small tiny little time 
of like I felt like day two was never going to end and now it's been two weeks since that swim had even happened and I was like wow it's over now like everything's going to stop the pain's going to stop you're going to heal you're going to get better and I was just like wow like yeah okay you can do this then like one way or the another you're going to end up in bed tonight and it's going to be fine <laughs> yeah geez, that's a that's a good approach to it and yeah. um yeah really mature approach to it as, as well which is um yeah, which which is fantastic because it's um it is you just got to do what you have to do to get to get to the end of the day. Yeah. Um. And I'm like I'm looking at um. Uh, have you seen the Iron Iron Cowboy? Have you seen? Oh um, yes, Holmes my Lawrence? family loves all that stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. What I grew up with in my house. <laughs> so like seeing him, I don't know, he's up to fifty five, maybe fifty five um Iron Mans in fifty five days so far. Like um that is that is interesting to like yeah to imagine what he might be going through um to get through every day and then knowing you've only got a couple of hours sleep a night and oh. then do it all over over again so uh, but that kind of approach that you um that you mentioned it's yeah it's just these little mental things that you've got to um you've got to use yeah and I was even talking to my dad because he's got an Ironman event happening in June and I was like just remember all this training you're doing it's gonna end at one point I was like even when you're think when you're in the middle of the race think back to like a training session that is so hard and you're like, well, that ended eventually. Like when we did our hundred hundreds in the pool, I was like at number 70, I was like, this is never going to end. Like, this is ridiculous. And then I was doing the ocean swim. I was like, wow, that was in December. Like that was ages ago. We've, I finished that, that finished, that day finished, that pain finished. So this pain will also finish one way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, right. Like, this, this can't be too bad. Everything as yeah, as I keep saying to everyone, it sounds so morbid when you say everything's going to end, but it's also kind of a thing that can help you get through different challenges. Like you will be able to get through this one point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes you appreciate things a whole lot more um, as well. And like this, this year too, with like the, uh, well, last year we spent so much more time at home because we weren't traveling and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. um, and my kids were two and four then, and they're nearly a year older. And it's just like, well, you're not going to get this time back. So um it certainly helps you um change your approach to to things it's like i want to spend a bit more time with the with the kids and um and doing the things that i really want to do so it's just you know you don't um you don't uh yeah you kind of filter out what's what's actually important to you that way and i think um with the stuff that um you're doing have you found that you've leveled up a bit with uh what you think is is possible because i remember when i first started um running which I, I started to do probably when I was 19, 20. I, you know, like a 5K would be like, well, it was pretty good, you know, 6 and 6K. <laughs> um, but, you know, then just as I've done more and I've, I've, I've done some bigger weeks, like over lockdown, did a 98 or 97K week, which I would have never thought possible before. But it's yeah. just like in your mind, you just start to level up and you start to get more comfortable with bigger distances. And it's the same thing swimming as well. Have you found that that's been the case over the last, like six years or so yeah when I was I remember when I was competitive swimming so I used to swim mainly in the pool and do all that type of stuff um when a coach would write up on the board that we're going to do a 5k set I was like oh my god this is going to hurt so much like yeah I'm going to be exhausted there's no way I can get through 5ks and now if I see a 5k set I'm like oh like that's okay like you can do that easily it's going to take like an hour or so um but then it's funny because now if I saw a like 10K set, like in my mind now, I'd still be like a little bit like, oh, whoa, like that's pretty far. Whereas then if I keep swimming like this, 
then maybe one time I'm going to look at the 10 case and be like, oh, that's, that's an easy training day. Like whatever, like you can do that. And it was funny because I, because I've never, the longest I'd swam in the ocean straight before I did the swim was I think maybe 8K or something like that. Like it wasn't far so at all. And, um, and when dad went, mentioned to me like a year or two ago, he's like, oh, do like the 10K Williamtown swim. And I was like, 10K is no way. I can't swim 10Ks in the ocean. I was like, that's ridiculous. And he was like, oh, I'll give it a try. I was like, no way. Not, I can never swim 10Ks in the ocean. And then, yeah, I skipped 10Ks and went straight to 20Ks. And I was like, oh, 10Ks is easy now. Like I can go ten, do 10Ks next year, like whatever. Um, so yeah, it's funny that all of a sudden I was watching this video about how you're, everyone has this little comfort zone circle around them. And each time you do something outside of that, it just grows bigger and bigger. And I feel like during COVID and lockdown, everyone's kind of comfort zone or circle shrunk so much more because we didn't go out, we didn't see people, we didn't exercise as much. We didn't really do anything that was a bit uncomfortable. Whereas after that swim, I feel like my like things that I can put inside my comfort zone is so much more. Like I could be like, yeah, I can do a 21K run. It's not going to hurt that much. I'm not running for seven hours or I'm, be like, yeah, I can go out and ride for five hours. I don't mind that anymore. Like everything mm. is going to be fine. Like you, you know what you can do, you know what your mind can do and you know how to sit in your mind for seven hours a day. So yeah, I'm almost like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I, I, I find a lot of enjoyment in, in expanding that comfort zone as well. I, yeah. When I first started running clinics, I, I mean, I was, I consider it young, um, but I was 20, uh, first one I did, I was probably 25 and we had probably a dozen people there and I'd never run any before. And so I was like, had to come up with the whole thing. And, um, and I was so nervous going into it and like, I'd planned it yeah, meticulously for the, yeah. the whole week before it. And I was just so nervous about the whole, the whole thing. And it went okay. Um, I don't think it was, it was amazing, but <laughs> it was like, yeah, it really gave me the sweats just before it because, and I was presenting to, to adults, yeah, a lot of them were in their forties and fifties. And I had this complex where it's like, why would they want to listen to me? Like they probably know more about it than, than I do. Um, but you know, you, you do it enough times and then you just get comfortable speaking to people and delivering in front of, um, you know, bigger groups and that sort of thing. And we had uh, clinics in New Zealand, uh, probably two years ago now. And there was, uh, I think they were like pretty sort of big group clinics of maybe 30 or 40 swimmers each. And, um, and we had like three of those in a day. So over the course, there's like hundred and something people at these, these clinics. And, um, and like, it was, it was awesome. Like it just got a lot of energy from it. And just for me personally as well, like it felt great to be able to do that in front of so many people. And yeah, I was a bit nervous that so you always get that if there's, there's bigger groups. Um, but I, I really enjoy that, that part of just trying to get better and, and grow as a person. And I've had a, a similar thing surfing. So last Friday, there was really big swell and I went in the, probably the biggest waves I've been. And like on the face, it was 12 foot pretty easily. Um, and it was out there, but it's just like, if you focus on your breathing and I was, yeah, I've sort of been watching, there's a surf coach that I really like, and he's talked about this. It's like, don't spend all your energy paddling out. Just like, just relax. You know, you'll eventually get out there. The water will sort of make its way through and you'll get out there. And, um, and then you just got to focus on your breathing and like, just as you're paddling into a wave, you've got to relax. It's so very similar to swimming. Like if, as soon as you're trying to muscle it and you're tense, like you're just, you're not going to move well or perform well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then yeah, after that, I feel like, all right, I'm comfortable here and, uh, yeah, I can start to 
start to do more with it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's learning about those things and kind of getting the skills and the education around what does it require to go to the next level with it. That is, that's all part of the, the journey. And for you, you know, what, how have you, how have you found the last couple of weeks in that, the post race where, um, you know, things have quietened down, you go back to normal life. You haven't been in the pool, um, yet because of an ear infection. So how's that been for you on the, on the come down? Yeah, it was, it was quite, um, weird. Cause I, I kind of came back and then had to hop straight back into uni assignments and working and different things like that. And one of those people that normally drives around with like loud music, like singing in the car and stuff like that. And I almost just kind of like had no music turned everything down. Cause I, just, it's like, I almost couldn't handle the noise again. Like I was like, no, like I've got time to think, like I want to think again. I was like, no, maybe I'm not done with, you know, having my own thoughts kind of thing. And um, yeah. And it was kind of weird when like I was talking to mom and dad and they're like, is it weird to kind of go straight back into life? And everyone else has just been going around doing the same thing like they normally do. And you've mm. just come out of the ocean after spending five days. Long. I was like, yeah, because I don't really know how to explain. Like when people asked how did some go, I, I was a bit like, oh, good. Like I didn't know how to put five days into words and like all the thoughts that went through my yeah. head. And, and they'll never and understand it either. No one yeah, will understand what you went really, through. Yeah, I just couldn't really voice what it actually was and they're like oh do you feel different I was like yeah but I can't really explain why I feel different I just do like everything is just a little bit off to what it normally felt like beforehand and I just kind of in my own head I felt like a bit more like yeah I can do anything like this is everything's easy like and it was kind of bad because my mom and dad were like you have to make sure that you're not harsh with people because you've experienced something that's changed you but <laughs> other people haven't so you have to make sure that you're still like Oh, I understand you and stuff like that. Like you can't be harsh with people, be still understanding. I was like, okay, I remember I got to get out of this like animal kind of mindset and be back to a human being when I'm like, have empathy and I care for people. I was like, I've completely forgot that that's what I have to do in normal day-to-day -day life. So yeah, I kind of came back and it took me like two or three days of just kind of being this weird, like kind of zombie person walking around, like not really engaging too well. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I slowly snapped back into it. And I was like, this is how you socialize with people again. <laughs> like, this is how you're going to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, think it's been very weird. It's, I think part of it's you're, you're in your own head that long and you need to, um, and you need to think only about yourself to be able to get through it. And mm -hmm. so it takes a few days to transition to being a social person yeah. um, again. And also like, I, I think as well for me, you know, after you do something big, you, in the back of your mind you're kind of like you guys don't know what i've done and like yeah. you know you, you feel a bit superior you feel like you know you're, you're above everyone else in a way and um and yeah and so you've some sometimes got this um attitude or this this presence about you where you're better than everyone else uh and so it's about yeah you know, just like hang on a second <laughs> let's come back to uh, a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and it especially for you, you know, you, with the event that you did across the five days, you finish your swim at you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, go and get some, some food. You might go to the cafe. People are having their lattes and all of that. And yeah. it's like, you have no idea what I've just been through, do you? <laughs> they just yeah. don't. Or like when I climbed it. out of the water day four and we went to a cafe to warm me up, I looked like, like, I actually looked like a sea monster. My hair was <laughs> everywhere. I had goggle marks. I capped hair lines. I looked like a mess. And I was sitting in this like, busy cafe on a Saturday morning where everyone's you know 
out having smashed avocado and a latte and I was sitting there and I feel like people were just looking at me because I just looked like a mess and I was like <laughs> I was kind of like I don't even care what I look like right now like I just don't want to get back to that and you're just gonna have to deal with this and I just did I had weird people kind of like looking at me and I was like if only you knew the pain I've been through yeah yeah I'm not homeless <laughs> I can pay for this food I was kind of like if only you know what I've just been experiencing for the last two hours then you'll understand why I look the way I look <laughs> yeah so that's right I kind of, and I was but I was my in my own head like beforehand I would kind of be like oh like oh, I'm so judged like I look so terrible and all that stuff and I in my head I was like I don't care like there's not a single part because there's bigger things in my head right now than what I look mm -hmm. like when I'm out eating breakfast. Like I have to get back in some three hours for like in some torrential water. So I was like, I don't care if you think I look terrible. <laughs> I've got bigger things going on in my own head. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point to get to though. Like I found that that changed a lot for me after um, uh, probably after having um, kids more than anything. Whereas like I, you're always going to come up with like, you know, food and stains and stuff on your clothes and you're going to look tired. You're going to, you're going to feel like crap. And so it's just, for me, it was like, I just don't care what anyone thinks. You know, if I'm going yeah. down the street and there's like, yeah, you, you, you're dirty and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it's the same thing as well. Like I'll find that after, after surfing or after swimming, like in the, the ocean, like there's been times where I've gone into supermarkets or into cafes and I've been swimming in the ocean or, or surfing. And I've got like, what feels like a liter of water up my nose or in, in my head and you go to lean over and it can't you get that and nose like, waterfall. Oh, don't judge me I swear <laughs> but it's funny because I feel like for a lot of when I was in school I there wasn't many people that were really like many girls that were really into sports like after year 10 or 11 I think mm. I was the only one who's actually doing a sport and I feel like everyone stopped because of that judgment they felt from other people Whereas I was turning up to school stinking like chlorine with wet hair and <laughs> looking like a mess. So I think because I went through most of high school like that, I wasn't, I don't get too phased in life anymore. I don't feel like if people are judging me, I'm like, that's, that's fine. Like I'm used to it now. I've had people, mm. you know, sitting in the classroom going, oh, what the hell smells like the pool in here? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, I was in the pool for two hours this morning. Whereas then, yeah, I feel like sometimes it happens with boys but I feel like it's more with girls we often stop after year 10 11 because we just feel like we're judged too much whereas I wish like even now when I'm coaching girls around the age that I was when people stopped swimming I'm like no keep going like keep pushing mm -hmm. through this I was like it's gonna suck at school and people are gonna look at you weirdly especially because a lot of people think it's quite unladylike to be very competitive and I was the person that was like I'm going to beat all the boys like I don't want to race the mm. girls I want to I want to race the boys in the squad and at school I was like and I'm going to beat them all like I don't care and um like that competitive that my family and I we compete doing the dishes like I was raised in a very competitive household um so yeah and then I'm now coaching all these girls and I'm like no keep pushing through that like you can you can become a really amazing swimmer or an amazing soccer player or netballer. I was like, if you just get over that kind of like, oh, I'm being judged kind of face and just remember that it doesn't matter what people actually think is going on. As long as in your head, you're happy and you're happy doing your sport. I was like, then there's no reason for you to stop it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be good if you could just show, um, show like kids in year nine, year 10, year 11 and, and a bit of 12 as well, but just show them, what they will feel like 
in after school in like the first year of university or the first yeah. year after school it's just like people don't care like all that social yeah. all those social <laughs> dynamics of school are irrelevant and the kids that were bullies are the ones that don't go anywhere the, yeah. yeah and you know the, the ones that have success are, are probably the ones who are either getting getting teased or you know smelling like chlorine it's <laughs> uh it's yeah things just do not matter after school so it's good that especially if you know, you're coming from someone like yourself that's you know a couple of years out of school um and you're doing things like you're doing like that's a it's a good message for them to receive from someone like you um and not their mum and dad because they're not going to get that message from mum yeah, and dad. when when mum and dad say to you oh don't worry what kids think of you you're like okay you've forgotten completely what high school's like whereas yeah. I, I don't know like if you find the right group of friends in school, they don't care that you, you know, you stink like chlorine or that you're sweaty because you've just come from soccer training. Like no one cares about that. And even when I left high school and I went to uni, I found an amazing group of friends that have all experienced sport and all like are playing sport. So we get along so well. And I was like, okay, I've really found my people now. Like we're all, we will understand the same thing together. I don't have to be like, Oh yeah, like I was up in the morning and then have to explain why I like to get up at 4:30 a.m. to train because no one at school really understood. They're like, oh, why don't you just sleep in if you're tired? I'm like, no, it's, I can't just sleep in. I want to swim. <laughs> like, there's yeah, and it was just very interesting in school. I was like, no, I have to. I want to get up at 4:30. I want to swim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's one of the good things that my my dad did because he was my coach um, for the majority of high school was that he would let people let the kids know in the morning like how many of your friends are getting up at this time yeah. and doing any form of exercise and are doing that well yeah seven eight times a week probably none of them and yeah. um so like i think uh and there's i'm reading a book um now that's escaped me it's about this it's a, it's a parenting book it's called the no i'm not i'm I've forgotten it but it's basically one of the one of the first things it talks about is if you tell your kid that they're they're special or they're talented and that you praise them for that, then it's going to lead to them not actually trying. But if you maybe make them feel special because of the effort and the work that they put in, that's what's going to make them want to do that more and then pursue that thing. And so I think it's very much about, um, there's very much about, yeah, you're a special person because you're choosing to get up and because you're coming training and you're putting in all this, this hard work, not because of you're just amazing because of who you are. So no, you've got to actually do something about it. And not just because of your achievements, like that's like when I used to come home with, and because I think I had that always in my head, like, no, it's not just about placing and it's not about winning or coming third. It's about like improving myself. And I'd come home and um, like people would be like, oh, did you win on the weekend? I'd be like, yeah, like, yeah, I came first, but like I didn't get a PB and I didn't get this time. And they didn't almost understand it. Like, yeah, but you won. I'm like, like inside I didn't win because I want to achieve more like I want to become more successful and they and it was very hard to kind of yeah relate to people at school I was like oh don't worry like I'll talk to my family when I get home about this like they all understand what I'm trying to talk about whereas yeah yeah it always kind of it did in year 11 and 12 I did start to feel quite lonely I was like nobody really understands actually what I'm trying to do what I'm trying to achieve like they only just kind of look at me like why if you're tired sleep in or don't worry about like oh you can come to the party just train like another day and I was like no I, I have to train I have to wake up it's just that's part of my life now there's no way I'm stopping it yet yeah and that um that sort of a feeling about those things is you know, it's kind of something that I hope my 
uh, kids have got when they're going through school. Like I, for me, yeah, you know, I missed, I didn't go to a heap of parties uh, because of training and that sort of thing. Yeah. I did, didn't miss out. Like I still went to some parties and things like that, but um, like, it's just, yeah, I'm, and I'm glad I didn't, like I did not miss out on anything apart from a bit of trouble, I think. So yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Like, um, yeah, you're much better off having, you like you've got to stay stay busy and, and have something to to do so it's um i think you, yeah that photo that your mum and dad posted at the end of the uh the swim was just like that was that was a great shot you know just of, of yeah. the family um and like probably a pretty emotional six days that you you went through <laughs> together um but the fact you're able to do it as a as a family uh that i'm sure they'd be so excited about and um and just so so proud of as well and um yeah congratulations on on the swim and um it was just it was great to see you you do it and i was you know seeing it through the facebook pictures and it's like okay it's uh it looks rough but like i've got an idea what you what you're going through yeah, it's like I, I know what it's like when it's rough but it's it's a different thing mom was filming it at one stage and i was like it feels choppier than it looks on that phone. I was like, are you sure you filmed that right? Like, did you do something with that video? I was like, it looks, it, it's so much worse in that water than what it looks like on that phone. And I was even looking back at some of the footage and I was like, I was like, wow, I feel like a sook for complaining. I was like, it doesn't look that bad on the phone. And then I was like, no, it was bad. Okay. Like you're getting mouthfuls of the ocean water. Like, <laughs> like it was bad, but um, yeah, it was, it was interesting because people still, I don't think fully realized that like it was um mother nature just did not want me to finish that 100ks it was like like you think this is gonna like because I, I was I finished the first two days I was like this is gonna be easy hmm. mother nature decided to be like aha very funny have fun with this weather now <laughs> let's see how you go with this yeah how do you feel looking back at it now though are you uh are you grateful that it was tough and you managed to push through it or looking back would you go actually it would have been still pretty nice if it had been five days of just sunshine and calm waters I look back on it and I'm like of course like it'd be so much easier and it would have been so much greater to have it just so smooth but I feel like the swim wouldn't have been the swim that I did if it wasn't choppy like that mm. the messy water and the conditions made um it's kind of like made me so much stronger in the head than what it, just swimming flat water would have because I had to be um had to become very determined in my own head to be like, I am doing this. I don't care what's going to happen in the water. I have to get in this water and do this. Um, and if it was calm each day, it would have been a breeze to hop in. And I feel like I would have started to complain about more things. Like it would have been like, oh, my arms are sore and my neck hurts. Whereas I almost didn't want to complain because I was like, I was like, no, I have to be positive. I had the people I complain, people are going to be like, just hop out of the water. It's shocking conditions anyway. So I really internalized it and I was like, no, like no complaining. These, these days are just going to have to get it done. Um, whereas, yeah, if it was calm water, it just wouldn't have been the same type of swim. It would have been almost too easy. <laughs> I might actually start thinking about a new swim by now, but at the moment I'm like, no more swims right now. <laughs> I have to get over that one. It's like a bad hangover. I just have to forget it before I think about a new one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, soon enough you'll get the uh, the urge to have another drink or have another swim. So yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I'm like maybe we'll give like like another four years or so, like I did with my last swim, and then I'll completely forget the pain that I went through, <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, this is a new idea. We're swimming this father's time, and I feel like my mom and dad will roll their eyes again and be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, Here we yeah go I've again. got no doubt that you'll forget how much pain it was. Oh, yeah. I'll think it's a great idea again. Whereas I hopped out of day two 
or day three or something. And I looked at my parents. I was like, next time I come up with an idea like this, just remind me that I'm in pain right now. <laughs> remind me how much pain this was. I was like, and maybe tell me no. Whereas I feel like I'll talk them out of it again. I'll be like, no, 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 I'll be fine this time. I swear I'll train, yeah, train more and I'll, I'll prepare better and I'll eat more food and <laughs> yeah, everything like that. <laughs> That's the first thing I said to uh, my wife when I finished Ironman. I was never let me do that again. Yeah. <laughs> very weird. Like, yeah, get the, yeah. Yeah. All these endurance athletes, I see them all the time because we like the stories in their house that we grew up with was always about endurance athletes. The things we watch on the TV is like about Elliot Kipchoge breaking two hours. Like that's the type of stuff that is happening in our house. And we talk and we praise these endurance athletes so much that I think because we praise them so much in our house, I was like, I want to be like them. <laughs> like, these are our idols. This is my mom and dad. This is who they talk about. I was like, I want to be like those people. So I think that I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, whatever, we'll get in the water and do it. And um, yeah, I'm, I've, yeah, I think I'm going to have to forget about this before I think of doing anything else again. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a huge effort. So um, thanks for jumping on the podcast and uh, giving us a small insight into uh, what you actually went through uh, on <laughs> the day. You. And I, I think what I'll, um, do here as well as so i'll get some of those those photos and those videos and um and put them into this video as well so people have a, a bit of an idea and then maybe we'll just uh see if we can amplify the the waves and the chop by 20 percent to what it was actually like there yeah. because yeah. uh it's like when i'm filming the surf with my phone or with, like with the gopro it's like i swear yeah. it's it's so much bigger <laughs> when you're actually actually in it but um yeah, no, I saw that video on day four and, and thought, oh my God, I can't believe that you That was the that, worst so. day. I think I got, I like literally body surfed into that beach and my cap and my goggles came flying up. So I came out of the water with my cap and goggles off. Mum and dad are like, well, are we really ready for the camera? I was like, no, I just got smashed by a wave. My cap <laughs> and goggles came flying off my head. And I was just trying to get into the ocean. I was like, wow, the ocean is trying to kill me today. Like, just get out, get home. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I reckon. So that, that'd be a good video to, uh, to put in yeah. there. <laughs> so, um, thanks for being on the podcast, Holt. And uh, yeah, congratulations again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.